0: Hello and welcome to the latest edition of Another Brick in the Wall, the radio and camera podcast that focuses on architecture, construction, buildings, and sustainability. Today's special guest is Ajay Sona from A for Architecture, a studio that is doing fascinating work in India. Hi, Ajay. Thank you for joining us. Hi, hi. Hi, Um, I have to say to the people listening that I'm very happy to to have you and it was very exciting that when I was researching who to uh, interview for the podcast on brick, uh, I discovered a project you did back in 2014. The project fascinated me for its use of brick and the way that it was basically taking a very warm material and creating a very modernist uh, environment. So I emailed Ajay's practice uh, a couple of weeks ago and I'm really happy that they've accepted to be on the podcast. Ajay, if you allow me, I'll just go straight into a couple of questions. So why brick? I think I would like to tell everyone that this is the first house we ever
1: did as a practice. So we established our practice in 2011 um, with few interior and refurbishment projects uh, is how we started. And uh, this was one of the first commission to do a house. And uh, as I started really young, at the age of 24, um, the approach was quite academic uh, because uh, we wanted to learn while we are practicing because I was very uh, clear about certain things that I do not know a lot of things in architecture. And uh, this realization sort of forced me to get into a very academic approach while doing each and everything in the practice. So while we got an opportunity to do a house, we wanted to really start with brick and rediscover the ways of using the most common material used in the Indian subcontinent. So I think brick is one of the most commonly used material, one of the most uh, sort of foregranted granted uh, uh, material used in the subcontinent because of, of course, uh, the kind of rich soil we've got brick is the easiest material to make in any parts of the country. Uh, So we thought that it would be a nice idea to start with brick. uh, And that is the reason I chose uh, brick. Also, it is something which we are familiar, uh, not just as architects, but also
0: as people in India. Brick is actually, it's one of the building blocks of almost every civilization. Bricks have been Present uh, everywhere, and different countries have different bonds, different ways of uh, cooking bricks. Some bricks are sunbaked, some bricks are fired. The type of bricks used in your house or in brick house, what type of brick is it?
1: So, it's primarily a handmade brick uh, made by one of the local uh, companies in India. Uh, And uh, the person who makes this brick is uh, very passionate about making bricks, so they have all sorts of bricks which they make right from a wire cut brick uh, to a handmade brick. But I was very clear that we wanted a handmade brick where every brick is little different from the other because of the act of making it with hands. And also, I was very clear that I wanted uh, bricks from different layers in the kiln so that I have a very interesting mix of uh, a darker and a lighter brick together. So I had specifically mentioned uh, to the person who sells these bricks that I want one third of the bricks from the bottom of the kiln, one third from the top, and one third of somewhere in the middle of the kiln, mixed randomly, so that when we uh, lay it uh, in the project, it creates a very interesting tactile feel, like a visual texture.
0: I think it was that rich texture that got me when I first saw the house, and. I was um, incredibly impressed also by the double height walls. Is all the brick on this project load-bearing or is there a concrete structure behind?
1: There is a concrete structure uh, within the project uh, in some parts. Uh, So some of the walls are load-bearing directly and uh, some of the walls have a RCC frame. But the idea was to not let it be seen because we wanted a lot of flexibility in planning spaces we didn't go for load bearing uh, structural method but uh, uh, the brick wall also with its thickness creates a very interesting sense of scale because there is in some parts there is a 230 mm thick rcc framework with brick on either side which makes it 450 mm and that thickness of the wall with the bricks on either side and cavities at certain portions really creates a very important sense of scale, uh, which I think is very crucial uh, in the understanding and the working of the spaces, because it really makes you feel that you are in a foldish sort of a building, that this thickness of the wall, and it works fantastically
0: in the uh, kind of climate we are. Let's talk a little bit about climate and the sustainability credentials of brick as a material for India. Um, it's locally produced, so that is obviously something that, uh, that works in favor of uh, reducing carbon, um, the carbon footprint of buildings. Uh, obviously, it's fired, so in that case, it's not so positive. But how does it keep your environment? How, what is the normal temperature inside this building? Did it have to require uh, a lot of mechanical ventilation? How does it perform? The building was entirely
1: designed uh, to function uh, on passive ventilation, uh, at least in all the common areas. So there are air conditions limited to uh, sleeping areas uh, and nowhere in the common areas. So that was very, very taken care by in the method of planning uh, the old building. So if you see uh, the plans in detail, the house actually has a house within the house again. So actually the house from outside is a single block very uh, simple and bold almost like a brick which is kept on the side but if you get in it is actually having a l shaped house which primarily houses most of the sleeping areas the kitchen the dining and some of the services like toilets and everything and the major volume on the northeast is all uh, the double height volume which has the living spaces all the other spaces surround the house on the south and the west from where the major heat is gained. By putting up all of these areas on the south and west, we ensure that the actual living areas are never heated up. And this really uh, made things very easy for us. And then certain portions on the southwest were perforated by putting up wooden lured windows and some other perforations which really allowed the house to breathe passively. So uh, I think uh, these primary considerations helped us to solve the major issues right at the start of the project to cut down the, the heat. But beyond that, also the planning, So what we did, the thickness of the wall is the first layer to cut down the heat, but also by planning less used areas around it, it creates a very interesting deep buffer. Uh, to the public
0: areas. yes you can almost feel that uh, i obviously haven't had the uh, the privilege of seeing the house but i've seen the photographs and the plans and you can almost sense that level of care and detail almost as if this house was as you say it was one of your first house commissions if not the first and it was crafted with a lot of detail uh, you mentioned to me something very particular about your surname as well and i wonder if it ever became present to you that uh, your surname, uh, which you've just told me earlier, translates into English as Goldsmith, has something to do with the way in which you also practice your architecture.
1: I have realized that in the recent years where uh, I met few people and a lot of people uh, made this very clear to me and uh, I realized that that idea of finer details is something which is part of my DNA, I think.
0: And you mentioned also to me earlier that um, you you started your career in Mumbai and you worked for a few offices in Mumbai, but then you made a conscious decision to live a slower pace and do architecture at a slower pace. Can you talk a little bit about that? Because that's not very common and it's something that really interests me.
1: I was very clear about certain things that uh, I only wanted to in a few firms in Mumbai with an intent to learn for a few years before I go out for my master's, uh, which never happened uh, because in the process of working uh, with some of the firms, uh, I realized that my curiosity uh, to deal with architecture was much higher and I thought that it would be nice to make certain buildings myself before I go out uh, to study. Uh, and then uh, when I decided this, I was very conscious to come back uh, to Nasik, which is my hometown, uh, say, three hours from Mumbai, actually. Uh, so I came back here. And the decision was also because I uh, really wanted to be out of this uh, fast paced city and this, in a way, uh, a race. Uh, so. Being in uh, a smaller city really allows me to work slowly, understand things without taking a lot of external pressure, and this uh, really helped me in the formative years, where uh, as a as a practice or as an individual, I must have taken say eight days to understand how do you lay a brick uh, or 10 days to understand how do you do a door and what does a door mean to a house? So questions like this, which kind of sound silly at some point, but uh, once you ask and once you start answering these, uh, it uh, starts uh, enlightening you or taking you to a next level of clarity. So I think uh, the city of Nasik has really helped me to reflect uh, and that has become a, a very conscious habit now so after 10 years i would say that uh, i do not need a separate session of meditation uh, this space of life has almost uh, helped me to grow
0: uh, in a very interesting manner not just as an architect but also as a person No, it's uh, i i can relate a lot to what you're saying um I also have a a similar background in that aspect because I started my career in architecture as a very young child. My father's an architect. And so I used to help him with all sorts of things. And before I finished my master's degree, I wanted to build something. So I ended up uh, volunteering in Southern Africa and building with my own hands in order to understand if the details that architects design can actually be built. And this is a tradition also that I found later in, in larger uh, Indian practices like Studio Mumbai that has this very big attention to detail. And we hear about that, but then we don't know of the overall context of the smaller practices. How many people work with you today, Ajay?
1: When I started, um, I had another two people with me uh, in 2011. Now we have a team of uh, seven architects working with me and Monali. So me Monali is my... Uh, wife and uh, one of the founding partners in the firm uh, and Monali uh, and me uh, started the practice together uh, where we do architecture, interior and landscape all together. So uh, every project is done right from the architecture till the furniture, till every element. So the idea is to uh, go by a very holistic approach. Uh, and so now we have a team of seven uh, to eight architects, um, me and Monali, and uh, a model maker who's a very important and a crucial member uh, in our team because I am terrible in sketching. I cannot sketch very well. Uh, but because of this limitation, I had picked model making uh, as a habit right from my student age. Uh, and right from first year of architecture, I used to con- continuously make models um, and I' picked that as a very important method of uh, learning and practicing architecture. So uh, and I used to make models myself uh, in the initial years of the practice. I have also worked as a professional model maker while doing architecture. Uh, but uh, later on, the scale of the practice increased. I had to have someone to help me out, and now we have a
0: full-time model maker who's more important than any architect in the practice, I would say. I find that sometimes some of the people we have uh, in our circle, like the carpenters and the um, steel work guys, can almost become as important, if not more important, than the architects because when it comes to detailing and making sure the pieces mount together properly, they have field of knowledge that we don't have, and uh, it's very good to draw from them. If you allow me, I'm going to jump back to Brick. So after Brick House, how many more projects have you been working on that have had Brick as uh, one of their main um, materials? Before that
1: answer, I would like to uh, give you a little background that why we work with different materials is because uh, when I started, as I told you, as I started young, there were certain uh, very interesting frameworks which we had decided for the practice. One of which was that uh, for the first 10 projects, we would like to work with 10 completely different materials available uh, and possible in our larger context. I have been uh, very curious about materials also uh, and the impact which material has on space making. So uh, Because of this, we very consciously tried not to repeat uh, a same material for a certain years at least. So, For the first 10 years, we had decided that we would work with 10 or 12 completely different set of material palette and create our own tool set. Uh, so now, after 10 years, if you ask me, yeah, I am open to exploring brick again uh, and we are also using it in some of the recent projects, but
0: uh, not very frequently. If you remember back at the time when you were building that building. How much uh, customization and how much changes were made on site because of the material itself, uh, the modulation of the brick, and because the brick is slightly irregular? Were, were you able to keep it to quite a precise uh, laying technique?
1: As I told you, material has been always one of my interests. So I have written very extensively on material and our practice also. So I'll tell you, I understand material at two or three years in architecture. One of It is material uh, as a body. So, one material at a time, as I told you. So, whenever we work on a project, we see to it that in an entire project, we do not cross or um, uh, go beyond two or three materials. And the idea is to focus on one primary material to make a space in a very homogeneous manner so that when you get into the space, you enjoy that one material and you perceive it. Uh, as one. So that is one idea where we love to work with material and create homogeneous spaces out of one material. Second is the scale of the material, uh, which is very crucial. So, um, particularly in case of brick house, me and the entire team of contractors were using brick as the scale and not the imperial or the metric. Scale. So we had decided within ourselves that we will be talking in multiples of brick. So, for example, a skirting for me was one brick, which is 75 mm, including the mortar. Uh, A seating for me in the house was six bricks, which makes it closer to 450 mm. A study or a kitchen counter was 10 layers of brick, uh, which makes it to 750 mm, tentatively, but I had specifically told them that they will not refer to my dimensions in the working drawing, but manipulate it or change it as per the layers of the brick on the side. Because for me, the junctions at which the two materials meet is very important than that Dimension which I have written on the paper. So I think uh, this was very well understood by me and the team. And what we had done, we had constructed one small mock-up wall of 10 feet height on the site, separate from the house, which was referred as a scale. So anyone who's working would go there and count that, measure it with a paper scale or a or a thread. And work with that, which looks complicated when you talk about it in isolation. But if you go to the site, this is the simplest method which anyone can use ever, I think. So, uh, all throughout our practice, we have been working with each material in the same way. So, for example, if you even talk about stone, I have done a lot of buildings in stone. If you have seen our work recently, we've worked extensively in the local stone, which is the black basalt. So the, I am just deviating, but I just give you another example um, is when you work in hand quarried stone, which is quarried by the people and not blasted, so it is all hand quarried. When you hand quarry it, there's a certain scale of stone which you get or a certain size after which the average layer of a coarse masonry in stone is in a range of 150 to 180 mm. So what I do while working in stone also. In the same manner, we ask the contractors and neighbors to work in numbers of layers. So a wall, which is supposed to be 2.1 meter, then becomes 14 layers of stone. The seating becomes three layers, a plinth which has to be 0.3, becomes two layers. So, so I think uh, we have, um, over a period, we have got habitual to working in this way with every material.
0: Now, that's fascinating, AJ. We you, You've just taken, I think, for a lot of our listeners, the idea of brick dimensions to a whole new level. And that's very, very helpful for, for everybody listening to be able to relate to it that way. Um, any other major lessons you've learned from the use of brick that you would like to share with us?
1: Yes, so I'll tell you another very important aspect is that uh, while doing the brick out, as I was working with brick as a layer, I wanted to find a module which could be used in the plan and the section to explore the understanding of brick horizontally and vertically at the same time. So, the entire house is actually designed on a 0.9 by 0.9 meter grid where if you actually look at the 0.9 by 0.9 square, you can precisely fit 48 bricks with 12 layers vertically and four layers horizontally. So that actually makes 48 bricks. And by doing this, we were very clear about each and every brick which is used in the project and also as a method of drawing because I think it is very important for uh, a lot of young friends to know this idea of drawing ahead. So AutoCAD gives you this option of hatching. Your walls, and you can put this hatch and indicate that it's brick. But we didn't choose that. Uh, We very foolishly drafted one brick, and we copied that brick fifty thousand times on our drawings to understand each and every junction very precisely. So I, in the whole project, I exactly knew that if the contractor is starting from these two ends of the building, where exactly has uh, he needs to stop and where that broken brick or where that odd portion of the brick has to come. So those portions actually were put above the parking somewhere at the toilet window, somewhere beyond a balcony so that you never notice that. So uh, this is only possible when you actually lay each and every brick and not use this hatch. So, uh, we had drafted this uh, bricks three times because unfortunately, we started with the simplest bond, which is the stretcher bond. And then we went to Flemish. And then finally, we went to Wrecking Mong bond, which is the bond uh, which we have used for laying the bricks in the brick house. So, my entire team working with me on the project was hating me like hell uh, for revising this three times. But I think uh, we had a great control on the project uh, after drawing these. And after doing all of this, ultimately, we were uh, using a method to not use a scale. So someone would say that after doing all of this effort, ultimately, you were working with contractors who were referring to uh, the scale on the site and not the drawings completely.
0: But the drawings are our uh, preparation, as architects, I would say, before you go to the site. No, it's, it's very important. And I think, uh, from what I understood, when you first designed the house, you didn't design it straight away with a brick dimension. And then you changed it to the different bonds to, um, to get it to the most precise or to the most favorable cuts that could work for you. Um, was that correct? So
1: basically, I started with the 0.9 by 0.9 grid, in which you Fit 48 bricks, and those 48 bricks could be laid in any way, starting from an English bond to a Flemish bond to any bond. But as we were doing it first time, we did a very interesting academic exercise of understanding every method of laying brick possible in the world. And then we started laying it in this module of 0.9 by 0.9 and repeating it elevationally, wanted to make a certain value out of these. 10 lakhs. And because of which, we thought of using a very unique bond, which resembles uh, a very important uh, textile pattern. So, um, there is a very interesting uh, weaving pattern common in Maharashtra, where the project is, uh, which is used for weaving. So, like a earring bone sort of a pattern. Uh, So, we've uh, use the Reckinbong wand
0: because it resembles that pattern of weaving. Yeah, it's it's a beautiful building. And for, for people that haven't seen Brick House, I invite you to uh, visit Ajay's website or search for it online, especially if you're thinking of using brick in the future. There's so many lessons and so many things that you can draw from this project. Thank you very much for joining us and thank you for being part of this podcast. It's been fascinating. I'm really, really excited to have met you. And I wish you all the best for your future projects.
1: Thank you, thank you Pedro for giving us this opportunity and it was really fantastic to see someone from that part of the world uh, wanting to uh, discuss our work and uh, it's really uh, a fantastic feeling. Uh,
0: Thank you, thanks a lot. No, thank you. I'm the one that has to thank you, it's been a pleasure. Uh, We hope that more people get to know your work because it's truly fascinating. For those at home, thank you very much for listening. Remember to bookmark us, remember to follow our shows, And we look forward to having you again with us. Until then, bye for now.